This is a horror game podcast. It is meant for mature audiences. It may contain shocking revelations, violence, and sexual themes. Viewer discretion is advised. Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Delta Green role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is The Last Equation. It was written by Dennis Detweiler, and it's available from Arc Dream Publishing. Our handler is Sham Sabin, and this is episode four. Our recap will be given by Thomas Grooms as his character, Agent Grant. But before we begin, we have a couple of new patrons. Uh, Anna Elizabeth has contributed $3 a month to our club, and Dynatrope has increased his pledge to uh, $3, three, three pounds per month. Uh, thank you so much, Elizabeth and uh, Dynatrope. So without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Thomas? All right, I'm going to call our handler here. Okay. So, so this this re, this is you our, recapping things to Watchdog. Yeah. So yeah, just um, calling Watchdog up. Um, just once I get them, we've got those potential vectors in New York City have been interviewed and determined uncontaminated. So. Michael Way's friends, Anthony and Molly, they seem to be uncontaminated. Um, also, um, Agent Mon Monocle um, went and talked to Atia Markle, who was emailed by uh, Michael Way, the equation or the, the, the sequence of numbers. And it seems like our email retraction has worked. At least um, she was not, she had not received the email. Um, I don't know about the others, but for at least Tia, she had not received it. We have confiscated, confiscated Way's um, computer and an annotated copy of the Book of Many Wonders. It's a 16th century book. Um, by Fascius Clauden. Um, the annotated copy, it's his, it's Way's writing in that book. Um, this is, this has got to be something. Uh, it, we explored it a little bit. It's, it's, I can't make heads or tails of it, but it must have been how he had come up with the sequence of numbers. Um, I do not want to look into the book anymore, and we will destroy it. Beyond that, um, all other evidence has been destroyed. We worked with uh, an agent, Grant, of the FBI. Gant. Gant. Um, to destroy all evidence of the sequence of numbers. Um, 
So I think that's that's dealt with. We've got a couple uh, loose ends. We really don't have a reason why Michael Way did what he did. Um, we can start planning some evidence. We've got some ideas. Um, maybe we, we could lean on the local 5-0 to make up a story. Just let it let them do it. Um, but we'll discuss some other issues. We also have why a few of us are in New York City still. Um, it was interesting that Michael Way had found acquired the shotgun from the 24th Precinct in Manhattan. Apparently he had just walked in and taken the shotgun. Um, I think we'll follow up on the three of us, Grant, Goat, and Monocle that's still in New York City. We'll follow up on that. Um, that's where we're at so far. I just wanted to double check. I have his computer and again, the the book. I assume that we're destroying that. You don't want to green box that. Yeah. So that photocopied book. That's a dangerous text. Burn that as soon as you can. Easily we done. don't want to leave any evidence of that or or the computer for that matter behind it. There might be some wisdom for the official investigation to leave the computer around for the police procedurals to go around their way, but make sure there's no compromising material. But, um, okay, uh, it sounds like you've gotten rid of a lot of the relevant vectors at hand. That's good. I've give you com commendations on that. But um a couple hours ago Lytton was sending me some messages that I couldn't respond to immediately well we've kind of been Kenor is giving you trouble mm. that's uh, what I was given the impression of to try and either try and bark at him to get him to back down or reassign him that was the implication. Yeah, we're uh, we're playing. We're trying to lean heavy again on the locals, and um, we're we're running the the um, the angle that these are launch codes. Okay, and I think what priorities I want you to focus on from here. One, it's nice to hear that Miss Markell doesn't seem to be showing symptoms. For now, I want you to continue to monitor her for at least the rest of today to make sure there's nothing funny going on there. Uh, we really can't be too careful here. We want to make sure that I, um, we are making sure everything is secure and this doesn't get released we can further. Follow her. We just we're pretty sure she didn't receive the email. But yeah, th this is just the precaution of the fear that maybe she did. And I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say this to doubt y'all's credibility. I would just say it would be wise to just keep her, your eyes peeled. We can watch um, this police station you're talking about. Find out what Way did when he got there. Make sure he didn't spread the vector. 
But what I'm most concerned about is based on what Lytton's messages told me, um, it looks like Kenora is going to start digging and unraveling and uh, that Brain Freeze and Lytton are going to be under intense scrutiny from him at this point. If Lytton told me that you guys in order to get rid of the vector had to resort to a bit of a messy cover-up the problem with that is that i'm completely confident that if he sees brain fees or quote-unquote scott peters again he's going to arrest them that he's probably got probable cause to try and go for verifying that they tampered with evidence with the people I've got, I can't pull the strings to bail them out of that without calling some particularly dangerous people. I have the means to contact a group that could probably help us out in that regard. They could reassign Kenor, run some serious media interference to make sure this whole evidence fucking up thing doesn't get too crazy. But I want to emphasize to you that the reason why I didn't call these guys out in the first place is that this is a devil's bargain. You know, you and I, we know how things are supposed to be done. Scorched earth. Leave no trace behind. These guys, they're like us in that they also play the cover-up game. But they also study the shit. Like in labs and private companies. And they're extremely dangerous. This equation... This is something that we can't let them study. So if I were to call these guys, here's how it's going to have to go down. Kenora gets reassigned, and some spook from Quantico gets in charge of the case. You're going to have to take orders from this guy, listen to him, and tell him everything but the most absolutely sensitive details about the sequence. But... uh, uh, you you would have to emphasize the nature of this this vector to these guys. You know, it's 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 like it's some kind of infection or something. This is something that emphasize they can't study it. Maybe they bite, maybe they don't. But regardless, if we get them involved, you know, if they decide that they would rather disregard your words and study it anyways, if we get them involved, we don't have any agency at that point. The alternative is that um, Lytton and Brain Freeze disappear into the woodwork, do not engage, and it would probably it's going it would be even risky at that point for even you and Goat to engage because that might lead to your covers getting unraveled. I, well, I leave I leave this to your discretion. But we've done what we needed to do. We've left. We've gotten rid of the evidence, the sequence of numbers. I think um, Brain Freeze and Lytton needs to get away from it. Okay. If you, I think that there is wisdom it. to that decision, but those two need to understand that given the case, they're going to have to deal with fallout. That might not be so much of a problem for, for Lytton, given the nature of his work, but... Anyways, um, regardless of if we want to get those people involved or not, I've got a problem. I'm having trouble organizing a cell to head out to Montana and monitor Kelly Castleman. 
I can't get another team out there until Friday. Note, today is Tuesday. And to be honest, I don't want to wait that long. Unless you guys I, uh, feel like you can't get anything else wrapped up within this next day, I've got tickets ready for you for to get to a flight out to Montana um, leaving tomorrow at noon. Uh, just, just a little bit after noon, around 2 p.m. I, I need you to see if Castleman has been compromised, and if so, I don't need to spell it out for you. I'll send you the dead drop details to pick up the plane tickets, but um, I just want to clarify here and now. You don't want me to get the problem solvers involved, correct? No, I think we've got it handled. Okay. All right. Um, about an hour or so from now, you'll receive details about the dead drop to pick up those plane tickets. All right. I think we'll take it from here. Scientia Moore's Est, Agent Grant. Be seeing you. Click, ding, ding, ding. Line's dead. All right. Um, yeah. I think Grant goats with me. Monocle got Yeah, this was a bit yeah, Monocle can come back. And um, you were listening to that, I assume. Uh, yeah. We'll get Linton and Brain Freeze out of there. It's a dust Montana. <laughs> Nobody knows us there. And he wants us to go to Montana to check on the other uh, potential. So right now, um, by the time that phone call ends, it's about 11.15 a.m. on Tuesday, October 13th. You've got about 26, almost 27 hours until this flight leaves. So you've got time. Um. To clarify, am I am I still with the other agents or have I? So this would have been like literally as they're leaving the door when they receive the phone call. So if they want to go back to confer with you, it's inconsequential for them yeah. to be like, oh, <laughs> we stepped outside and got this phone call. Let's go inside and tell Agent Monocle what's going on. So, well, just for the sake of clarity, say they did. Yeah. So. Watchdog says Montana, huh? Did, did Way email a horse? <laughs> well, um, that's one of the um, the list of individuals that received the emails from um, Michael Way, Kelly Castle. Are there even any cities in Montana? Like, that's where, where are we going to land? We're headed to Brinkman, Montana. You where the looking hell? Looking on I have like, no Google Maps because I mean that's just a logical thing to look up Brinkman, Montana. Look at maps. It's about an hour by car north of Helena. Yeah. I think I would rather gone to maybe England or something at this time. But let's we're yeah. off to Montana. Um, we'll text uh, Litton and and Brain Freeze. Meet us up here in New York City. In New York City. Yeah. All right. Um, Are you also texting them any other information or is that just it? I'll give them the gist that, you know, especially that they want us to, we're headed to Montana. Okay. But you're telling us that we need to disappear 
disappear. Yeah, and that um, we're not we're not. It's there. likely that Talk. if Penor sees you again, he's going to try and arrest you. All right. Um. So, uh, brain freeze. Leave this to me. Get you. Get your stuff. Get our stuff. Um. And we'll. We'll uh, either hide. Do we have a car that we rented? Yeah. We so have we have to switch there. The thing about cars is that Agent Watchdog gave you guys a clean car to use. Then, then everyone else left their own personal cars back at that warehouse in Philadelphia. Yeah, but, um, so one we're... car that you did take is in Manhattan. Brain Freeze and Lytton don't car. have a car. Um, well, that's not a problem. I can uh, hijack something. I can, By all uh, means. Uh, what? You. And you say it's noon. Um, 11.15 when you yeah, receive or these get, texts. Get, heading towards noon. Um, be a lot of people having lunch. Um, they're going to report it stolen. Uh, but probably by the time, if we time it right, by the time they report it stolen, we'll be out of town. So. Now we switch license plates too from somebody uh, else. I don't. Uh, then yeah, well maybe, but uh, like I say, we can switch cars as we go along. There'll be rest stops and places like that. How long does it take to get to New York? Driving. So if you wanted to go all the way to uh, Manhattan, that's two hours from Alliance. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's the easiest, quickest plan. We'll, uh, in fact, we might just steal somebody's car from here in the complex, in the, the apartment. The Super 8 motel lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, if you refer to that old map I looked at, you can note that I mean Alliance is literally very close to the highway, right? Um, and especially from the Super Eight, that's that, that's closer than the Motel Six is. Okay. Well, like I say, I'll take the opportunity if I can find a car. Uh, it doesn't have to be a nice car; just a regular car, something to get us out of town. So you guys pack up your stuff. You head out to look for a car. Brain freeze. When Linton leaves the apartment to get ready, are you also leaving, or are you focusing on just hiding inside until? Um, whatever Linton tells me to do, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, we'll we'll stay out of sight. Chances are that nobody will come around here, but okay. So that means that both of you, when you leave the apartment to go and scope out and find a viable target, I want the two of you to roll alertness. Got it. Uh, 35 out of 50. Pass. My sheet. Sorry, one second. We've got one success. Does Brain Freeze notice it as well? Does Brain Freeze not have his character sheet up like an idiot yes brain freeze would never do such a thing he's so confident <laughs> he's great at talking to cops you'd be shocked oh yeah exactly okay uh alertness 40 okay perfect <clears throat> oh nope okay 70. 
So the two of you slip out, and I'm, I'll just say here in this bit, you've put all of your stuff in duffel bags, closed the door behind you, so you have no reason to go back to the motel room. But at the you're you're getting out. You're on the second floor of the two story motel. But Lyndon, you notice that in the parking lot, he hasn't he he doesn't see the two of you. But there is a man lingering within the parking lot. You know, it's got about maybe about ten cars in it. He's wearing a satchel. He's a handsome guy, modestly dressed, somewhere in his mid thirties. But he seems familiar. And you're pretty sure you saw him among the journalists here in Alliance. And give me an intelligence role, Litton, to see if you can recall exactly where you saw him. No, I got an 82. Well, you don't remember exactly where, but you do remember you've you've seen him somewhere. And you've seen him near journalists. It's not that Ensenada guy or whatever his name was. You mean Enrico Save? Yeah. It's not him, but when you're thinking about it, you're pretty sure you've seen this guy talking to him. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, head towards the back of the apartment, the the, the complex. Um, there's usually cars parked all the way around. And is that where you parked? Or actually, you know, you don't have a car. I don't have a car. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So, so I go you down want the hallway to... Slip towards that way. Yeah. If I hijack a car from the the back of the complex and we just sort of keep ourselves covered as we drive out of the, the parking lot, he probably won't even notice. So us. you're taking brain freeze with you when you're yeah. slipping oh, away oh, towards yeah. the other? Okay. So I want both of you to roll me stealth. Now, you notice this guy and have the time to be careful. So you do have a plus 20% bonus. Okay. Which is uh makes it nice and easy for you, Lytton. But let's see how this makes brain freezes life. I needed the extra 20. I I barely passed. I needed an extra 80%. So no, I failed. <laughs> what what was your exact role? Was it a crit it fail? It was 83. No, it was 83. Okay, thank goodness. Um so you two, you creep down from the second story with your stuff, and you when you get you get to the ground level and start creeping around the building towards the other side to the other parking lot, brain freeze. There's this moment where you're behind Lyddon and you turn around, you make eye contact with this guy, and he starts walking towards you. What do you do? Yeah, it's the split second gonna, where you're about to run the corner. You make gonna, eye contact. He is moving towards you. What do you do? I'm walking away from Brain for, or uh, from Litton. Okay, away you, from Litton, out of view, out or in a view of this guy. Um. Uh, I guess. Like, I'm, are you trying to just like engage, or are you trying to disengage? I'm. I'm gonna try to escape. But just in a direction where, because I, if I'm, if I'm done, that's okay. But I don't want Lytton to get caught along. The okay. Way. So if, with that in mind, that means you're not rounding the corner. You want to head north for the tree line to try and just get away okay. from this guy. Yeah. Is yeah. that what I'm hearing? Okay. If, if he is able, if Brain Freeze is able to convey to me using 
some sort of signals that we the green to sign use. language. Yeah, sign language. Like, ooh, ooh. What I'll do is I'll <laughs> since I turned the corner, I will just stop there and wait for the guy. Okay. okay. I mean, if you want to do a quick signal brain freeze, just be like, yeah, <clears throat> bogey. Um, and yeah. then you start walking towards the tree line. I feel like that's enough of a um and uh, enough context clues for Lytton to be to do what you're trying to accomplish, yeah. Tom. Now, clearly, Brain Freeze, as you're running towards the tree line, you do see that this this guy he starts running too, and out of his satchel that he he's been carrying, he produces a a camcorder. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and he, as you're running towards the trees, I want you to give me. Um, you can choose either athletics or dexterity times five, whichever one is better to determine how quickly you get to the trees. But as he gets it out and starts recording, he says, "This is Charlie Chip O'Connell here for a a potentially exclusive interview with Agent Brain Freeze." But he seems to be fleeing for the trees. Is this scoop <laughs> correct? Is that he really done criminal evidence uh, tampering within the Alliance Police Department? How oh, that? How that? Now, how that role go? I'm 40 years old, man. I actually passed though. Holy shit! Okay, so that means that right when he's talking about like criminal evidence tampering, that's right when in the recording you slip into the tree line and oh. uh, disappear into the brush. What are you doing, Tom? I'm waiting for him to go by me, and the second he does, I'm attacking him. Okay, so this would be <laughs> at that exact moment because he doesn't notice you. Right. Um, as he's got this camcorder out and he's recording this bit, you can very easily step up from the shadows. And I mean, I'm now when you're attacking neck. him, I want to ask your intent. Are you going, you're going for the neck? I'm not killing him. I'm going to, I'm going to choke hold him and knock him out. And smash okay, his camera. So here's what I'm gonna. Okay, so you're going for the chokehold to knock him out. So here's what I'm gonna rule, right? To go for a chokehold, that sounds like a called shot with unarmed combat, which would give a minus 20% penalty, but you're catching him off guard. So I would say that negates said penalty. He can't um dodge or fight back or anything, but you need to roll unarmed combat to see if you successfully Get up to him, sneak up to him, and wring his neck in the in the right way to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. I got a 33 out of 60. That is a critical success, which means that as that right at that moment where he's talking about um, you know, getting an exclusive interview with someone that's tampering evidence and he disappears in the tree line, you get up behind him and bonk. You hit his head in the right way that he collapses to the ground. He's clearly, like, not critically injured. You didn't snap his neck. Right. But you've clearly knocked him out, and the camera falls to the ground, and its lens shatters on the concrete. Okay. Well, I'm going to pull out if there's a, a tape or a chip. Yep, in there, there's a SIM card or some other kind of memory storage device. And I will... I will uh sort of yelp over towards brain freeze in dg code uh you know we got like five minutes uh the whale is car. about to surface yeah 
The whale will surface just, in five minutes. <laughs> I'm turning back around and, and going back. Brown yeah, Buick. The Brown line. Buick. You guy, you guys head out for the woods. Get the no, fuck out of a lot. We're still heading for the Brown Buick. Right. Yeah. Yes, actually. So Tom, you've got a pretty good both criminology and craft electronics score. What I'm gonna say here is just because I know that even if you fail, you're just gonna look for another car and just gonna keep trying hot wiring. Yeah. Um, roll as long as you don't get a critical failure above your criminology score. So 66, 77, 88, 99, or 100, you're good. I got 48. 48. Yes. Okay, so that means that the first car, the two of you round around to the back lot of the Super 8, you get a couple minutes. There's this bit while you're hot wiring it, right? Well, brain freeze looks and sees at the end or other end of the lot, there's a security camera. But it's pointed in such a way, way that you're not within the radius of it. And there's that moment where your heart drops and you're just like, shit, well, shit. I'm still thinking. Someone could come out of the back of the Super 8 at any moment, but you hot wire it and the car starts. Right. Yeah, there's actually three moments of, of scare. I see the camera. Uh, I figure, though, that it's being recorded. Uh, it's it's not pointing at us at the moment, but okay, it would be recorded. They wouldn't even look at it until after they reported that it was stolen and all of that. What I was really afraid of is that I would touch those two wires together and the car would go like that. Yeah, start, and, that, and that's, and the that's owners would why I was looking that. for the result of a fumble. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, let's been, go. That could have been fun. But let's the two see. of you hotwire the car, you hop in and speed towards Manhattan. And my comment is, uh, criminology does sometimes uh, pay, you know. <laughs> I'm going to puke. Agents I'm... Grant and Goat are heading to the 24th. Yeah, so we want to talk to Monocle first, though. Yeah, okay, by all means, go for it. Because I think um, this, this follow-up on that Tia... Yeah, the, uh, um, Watchdog was adamant that he, not to say that you were wrong, but he wants her watched, at least for, I guess, today. Well, I think the decision we need to make is, are we all going to Montana? Did you get the impression from him that I it's think we're, we're all headed to Montana? Yeah, you so. got that impression <laughs> in the phone call that, um, and it's actually probably about right now that you're receiving a text for um said dead drop and that you are all five of you are going to be expected um and the details for the dead drop are for tonight it's a few hours in advance you Sorry, I just have to scroll to the right part of my notes here. Yes, so um, at midnight tonight in Staten Island, uh, you get an address, Agent Grant, where you someone will be expected to meet to pick up the tickets at that point. I'll forward that to Lytton, too, just in case we can't get to it. Um, yeah, well, so uh, that, that definitely puts a time limit on our... Um, mission here in New York. Um, 
I think that figuring out how he got that gun from the precinct is very important. We should consider having me accompany you guys. Um, I could still go research that guy, but I mean, I one day of research just be pretty basic. You know, I could spend a month diving into a topic like that. Um, if I really need to keep tailing that girl. Um, and maybe think, you shouldn't because she's, you've already made contact with her. I, I was or, totally or myself sure. Or, like a, or go yeah, you do yeah. feel very confident, Monaco, yeah. that she yeah. was being like truthful. I, I I completely got the impression from her. Um, like I I I would see that as a waste of time. And um, I mean, if one of you guys wants a second opinion, by all means, you know, keep the handler happy. But I'm pretty sure that's not necessary. Very well, could be a classic case of handler paranoia. But um, I don't necessarily want to waste. Yeah, the. I mean, I was the the research is my speciality, and uh, I mean, I I'm a personal curiosity, but I I kind of feel like we just need to focus more on tangible elements of this mission, you know. Well, yeah, um, they don't want so. us. The handler doesn't want us looking into this book any more than I want to yeah. look into the book. Um, and in fact, we need to destroy it as soon as possible. The handler watchdog implied that he wanted that that book you read destroyed. Yes. So we need a place to burn this. I, I'm not sure where. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. What's what's your plan going to the precinct? Are you are you just gonna try to talk to one of the lieutenants or something? Look at the records. Well, goat. If you have any ideas, I mean, I thought we just walk right in. Correct approach is always brave. <laughs> well, we're following up um, the case that is, you know, I, I'm just doing a quick Google search or turning on TV. What, how much media coverage is this getting? So, right at this point, it's about 11.30 a.m. The press conference where Michael Way as the killer um that ended about an hour ago so there's still a lot of media traction involving uh i mean you know there was the mass shooting yesterday now the names of the victims and the killer have been disclosed so naturally there's going to be some subsequent traction towards that however uh one thing you can note just with a bit of logic and the story in mind you know the press conference where they officially announced the name on the like ended just about an hour ago, any thirsty journalists that were present at that conference are physically going to be unable to arrive in Manhattan until at least 1230, probably later than that, given traffic and any stops they may make along the way. But so essentially that there is media traction and coverage about this, but said journalists that are interested in this interested in this have um they're not quite at manhattan yet i mean obviously there's going to be some people that like were at networks that were already in manhattan that are starting to pick up on this but it's not um it's not at its peak of media craze yet okay as long as we've got a, we've been ahead of it so far by moving quickly yeah. so are are we aware of um who knows uh, where the shotgun came from? Or like, does the local police know that? Since they confiscated the gun, right? 
Right. We ran we ran the serial number and got you it. you never ran the serial number. It was FBI uh it was Gantt that actually did it and then said so during one of right. the early morning bits. And uh police chief Upton Weeks in alliance along with Kenor were president in that conversation where that was brought up. So I mean we should But it's not out to the media at least. So no. we No, it was not an, it was not announced during the press conference. Good. Um Yeah, I I think it's gonna be challenging to just walk into a police station and say, Hey, we ran a serial number on a gun and it came back that it belongs to this police department. It was used in a yeah. murder. Well, uh, Grant has FBI credentials. I mean, they're used to getting bullied around by those guys. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what I was planning on doing, was walking in saying, yeah. this, you know, I just need to know your records on where this gun has been <laughs> and uh, how to get out of your armory or whatever, you know, yeah. how to get into the hands of Michael Way. Yeah, I think I think you're the best man for it. Um and I mean they're police, they should be cooperative. Uh I'm I'm perfectly fine getting cozy in the library for the day. I was just trying to think of more fruitful uses. No, I think we all three could go. I mean we'll see. Um uh, I think we'll all need to kind of keep our ears open and our eyes wide open to make sure that if Kenora yeah. is really as hot on our, our trail as it seems to be. Um, well, I'm going to need a cover if I'm walking into the police station with you. Well, we all have our... I don't. We all have the FBI, don't we? So everyone was given like badges and paperwork. Officially, only uh, Goat, Brent, and Brain Freeze were on the case, but if you wanted to just go about like the badge flash method, Monocle sure. has the means to pose as an FBI consultant. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it, it, it should be as simple as a conversation for you though. I don't think you need three guys. I don't know. I mean, yeah, let's, let's just, let's just stick to that. Um, my, my research won't be too big of a deal. You know, I'm a, I'm a text message away. I'll right. just see what I can learn about the book. Okay. We'll do this. Uh, I, I'm sorry. Could you clarify? Um, are all three of you going to the station, or is it no, just we, uh, Mo okay? So Monica's going to stay back plan. and do research. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So with Monica doing that, I want to cover that first. Now I want to ask you. Now, as an academic, you do have access to databases that would be serviceable, but I want. I still want to ask whether you're just staying back in your, um motel doing research on the internet or if you want to go to the new york public library i want to go to the public library um like uh i i think uh even if they have something that might not be public i could talk to the librarian about like what they have in their vault potentially okay so you have a pretty damn good 60 percent history score regardless of what you roll on this next check, you are going to get some information. The The primary uh, thing we're looking for here is how much time this takes. So 
Let's see what this history roll is that you get with your time spent at the library. Ooh, I rolled an 83. Pretty bad. That's uh, that's not good. (laughs) So I get stuck in traffic on the way there. (laughs) No, uh, that means that by the time you get to the library, it's about noon at the New York Public Library. Now, the New York Public Library is impressive. The 42nd Street Library, as it is often called, is the flagship building of the New York Public Library system in Midtown Manhattan. And standing at four stories tall, it is a designated historical landmark. And on either side of the main entrance is the stone statue of a lion, proudly laying upon its slab. Now, essentially, once you get there, your research you're going to get this information on this guy. The problem is, is that it takes you until 6 p.m., a full six hours of doing some very thorough combing throughout the library. Um, I'm going to give you some of the cursory information first, but the rest of it I'm going to recite once the timelines sink towards the end of your research. So... Cursory information you dig up on this Faustius Claudan guy, um, seemingly born in 1525 and last records of him lost after 1551. He is an obscure figure in scientific history. He was a Dutch mathematician, sage, and astronomer responsible for many minor breakthroughs in science and technology during his short but broadly traveled life. He is mentioned in some late 16th century texts as an oddity, almost as a cautionary tale, and then not at all. His name vanishes from most texts entirely at about the time of the Dutch invasion of England in 1688. Once again, um, this is just what the information you're uncovering in about the first hour And as you continue these next five hours of research, you are very sure that there is more to his story. You've just got to put the time in to uncover the rest. Yeah, great. And as long as I'm not interrupted, um, I'm right at home. Yep. Just uh, keep typing away. You'll get it eventually. It's just a matter of uh, getting her done. So... um, after that and from here, while we've got the other group still driving toward Manhattan, we will deal with those going to the 24th Precinct. Located on West 100th Street on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, just a few blocks west of Central Park, the 24th Precinct is a structure of decent size, standing over four stories tall, The design is gray, cubic, and boring. A large parking lot filled with squad cars sits adjacent um, between Goat and Grant. Does one of you have an alertness score of 50 or more? Um, No, I have a 40. Because I don't have my documents out immediately. If you don't, you can roll. Any four is not going to do it. Uh, I have a 51. No. And go 
Yeah, only had so so both of you failed. Okay, so you go on inside. There naturally is an officer, secretary type near the front desk. After the two of you go in, there's not very many people in the lobby, so naturally he asks. Hello, uh, welcome to the 24th Precinct. Uh, what can I do for you? Um, yeah, uh, just flash the badge. Let me get ready here. We're, um, I think you've already heard this Michael Way incident in Alliance. Shot a family with a shotgun? Yeah. Uh, um, I have heard about that. How does that concern us? It shouldn't have concerned you, but running the serial number on the shotgun puts it here at the 24th Precinct. What? Okay. I'll need to um, talk to somebody. Give me a moment. I'll be right back. And said officer disappears behind the doors from the office. And about five-ish or so minutes later, reappears. Okay. Um, wow. We had no record of said gun disappearing, but um, evidence proves the contrary. Um, I'll escort you to the armory. Thank you. Thank you. So, into the depths of the 24th precinct. Naturally, the armory is locked. Uh, the said officer swipes a key card to go in. In 2015, the total budget for the NYPD as a whole was 4.71 billion United States dollars. And the stockpile in this precinct alone lives up to said reputation. Inside the vault are a series of lockers, crates, and racks stocked to the brim with weaponry. And on the eastern wall, you can see several sections that look uh, new or replaced. And as said officer is escorting you, um, he says, uh, just yesterday, we had some renovations done in here. We had uh, a pipe burst here in the office or here in the evidence locker. And that caused us to have to do uh, uh, relocate some of the weapons temporarily. Now, if I recall correctly, Agent Grant, you have a really, really high forensic score. Like it's uh, 70%? Seventy. Yeah, 70. <laughs> yeah. So what that means is that while you are in this evidence locker and the officer is talking about there being a burst pipe or whatever, you notice that there is a wooden crate in here that has 
subtle signs in the bends of the like nail heads on the lid to tell that they were recently removed and put back. Um, okay. Are there, I'm assuming there was cameras as we walked in. Oh yeah. So, I mean, you didn't see any outside when you're going in, but presumably there were cameras around the precinct and obviously there's cameras within every room. You've been going in so far here, and there's a camera inside the evidence locker here. And said officer that escorts you here uh, looks out at a notepad. So this serial number here, 220, that should be in this crate. And the crate they're reaching for is said crate with that you can notice these subtly tampered with nails. They get out a hammer. I'll point to that before he starts to pound that open. Does, do you open these crates regularly? That looks like it's been opened recently. No. This is one of the more vintage crates. You know, I mean, it's not too often that we buy weapons that have been around for quite some time and I mean, don't get me wrong, there's plenty of harsh incidents we get here in New York City, but it's all, it's not nearly as hammed up as, say, the wire might make it look. And as he's saying this, um, he's getting out a hammer and putting it open, and the, the crate opens. And with inside... There are four shotguns, but you can clearly tell that there was supposed to be a fifth based on the spacing in there. And the officer is immediately just like, oh, wow. So it really is true. Shit. How... Goten Grant, how are you reacting in this moment? I'm I'm acting shocked. And I'll I'll ask the officer, I'll say, uh you mentioned vintage weapons. So the weapons that are in this case, were they ever issued to anybody? Or were they just purchased and then kept in storage? Give me a second, and said officer goes over to a database computer um, here in the evidence locker, and a few moments later goes out. So a lot of these weapons have been purchased for you know quite some time ago, but the last time any of them was checked out was over a month ago, and but while you are. Oh, while said officer is scrolling through the database, there's this bit where they're brought forward and it's like, oh, though, according to what I'm getting up here, um, when we had the pipes burst yesterday, that was one of the crates that, that, that we had to set aside while we had the plumbers come in. And you guys can see as well that, you know, not only aside with that, um, damage I pointed out before that there is, is clear points like with stains on the ground and that there was clearly recent water damage 
down here in the evidence locker. So maybe that's when either the plumber or when the box was moved, um, maybe either Michael came in himself or would he have gone through the Michael? Plumber? It was oh, I'm kind of talking to Goat. Oh, okay. Fair enough. You're, 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 you're whispering to Goat. Yeah, just, his, you know, uh, is, he, is it... Did he come walking in here? Or was it the plumber? Or was he posed as a plumber? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I don't see how Michael could have got in here. Even posing as a plumber, that would be challenging. Because he's still got to do the work. Right. Uh I, I don't I don't know. I I was kind of of the mindset that maybe he had an inside guy. Hold That's on. He, um let me let me go and confer with the chief. I'll go and uh, double check what who was the officer watching the weaponry when this happened. Um and the officer in the locker with you dips out. Well, this is now just kind of chance to look around. Um no one's in here. Just, just the two start. of you, just the two of you with the security cameras. He would have gotten um doing a quick search, see if there's anything that's that is obvious. Not you know, we're not opening boxes or anything or or lockers. I'm I'm not going to call for a dice roll because there is nothing to find. And I didn't with think the there scores, would be. in this case, you're looking around the room. There is no evidence of any funny business going on in this locker just there's the evidence of tampering in that one crate and we'll then shotgun that. shells where did he get his ammunition was it I in here bought those or could have bought that anywhere place. in the ammo logs here you've got the moment to look you see that there are, are is no though now you obviously can see like there's a missing shotgun there are no missing boxes of ammunition He bought the ammo someplace else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, other than video would be the only thing that would kind of. I'm not sure what more we're going to get out of this. It's at uh, this moment that um, said officer from before peeps uh, back into the room. Yeah, so um, I just conferred with the chief. Um, apparently, this this box right here. Yesterday, we had to set it outside for a bit while that plumbing leak happened, and Sergeant Marvin Herrera was on watch. What happened? But he didn't. He didn't report anything. Um, if you would like to speak to him. By all means, the 24th Precinct isn't going to obstruct. No, I wouldn't think you would. Um, yes, if we could talk to the officer, that would be um, yeah. great. Um, also, maybe check your cameras. Okay. Um, your we've still got to wrangle up Marvin. Uh, it's going to be a few minutes. What would you like to do first? I think run the tape if you've got, okay. you know, video footage of the hallway. Um, yeah. We so know what Michael Wade looks like. So they escort you to the security room 
where they've got several monitors to view footage. And you to start viewing the tape. I want the two of you to give me alertness rolls. See if you notice something once the tape. Security footage from yesterday starts rolling. Yeah, I got a pass. Good. I failed. So the crates at, at about 8.45 a.m., you see a cop head outside and a, a couple of these wooden crates that from your time in the evidence locker, obviously, you know, they contain guns are outside and there is this cop standing guard um, nearby. At about 9.01 a.m., you, Agent Goat, notice a figure that looks like Michael Way, uh, recorded by the front entrance camera across the street, ducking a little bit into an alleyway, holding what, based on the way the bag was bouncing and how it doesn't look like he was straining when he was carrying it, looks like an obviously empty gym bag. And while he's ducking in and out of this alleyway, occasionally he pokes his head out and he's like checking his his watch like repeatedly. Until about 20 minutes later, um, it gets to this point where Way suddenly starts moving to cross the crosswalk to move across the street to the parking lot of the 24th precinct. Um, this happens about right when a small dog appears on another camera on the monitors of outside the precinct. And you can see on the cameras, it's struck by a police cruiser. And on the parking lot camera, you can see that the officer standing near the crates, uh, Sergeant Herrera, uh, starts heading towards the commotion when the dog gets hit. That is right when Way finishes crossing the street and heads into the parking lot, walks right over to the tarps, covering the weapon boxes like a cobra, uncovers them, produces a claw hammer from his bag, pries open a box, removes a Remington shotgun, and quickly replaces the lid, hammering down the nails and recovering the tarp um, in, in less than a minute, shoving the shotgun into his gym bag and just casually walking away. And this took place at 9.21 a.m. And Herrera, shortly thereafter, returns right when Way gets off the camera screen and Herrera casually strolls over to a lawn chair that he set up, sits down into it once more, clearly, completely unaware of the theft that occurred. Wow, that was slick. Uh, it's something to do with this formula. The, the officer there with you staring at it is just like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, that's a there's a problem uh, with your security. 
Um, I don't know if we need to talk to the officer. What do you think, Goat? Um, uh, I, I don't I think, think so. We got I think what this, we needed. Yeah, I think this is internal matter from here out. Uh, okay, um, please keep us posted on matters from here on out. You will be hearing from the police union um, in terms of our own liability regarding this incident and the handy business. That's an internal matter. Um, we, we will be following up the FBI or at least the local um, sheriff's department. In Alliance will be contacting you shortly. Thank you for your cooperation. This has been very informative. Um, I'm glad you got your plumbing fixed and have a great day. Yeah. As we stroll you out. all waltz out. So now, by the time you guys do that, uh, Monaco is still hammering away at research. So the next notable event is actually going to be Linton and Brain Freeze arriving in Manhattan at about 1.30 p.m. 90 minutes left for Monaco's research. Ah, the traffic. We're almost there, though. I can't believe we got away with that. Well, you put in contingencies. If you're going up to a car that you're going to steal, uh, if somebody catches you, it's just that, you know, where you walked up to the wrong car. People walk up to the wrong car all the time. You know, you just got to, or you can tell them that your keys got locked inside. Whatever. The worst thing you have to do is choke somebody to uh, make them pass out and then just leave them there and go. I mean, what's his name was chasing you, but he's not going to remember what hit him. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> you got to be able to lie pathologically. Here's the place, I think. You arrive at the Harlem Brownstone. I'll park the car. Um, actually, no, I'm going to park the car down the street and we're going to walk. Because it's a stolen car. Logical and sensible. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll put it in a place where it's like begging to be stolen by somebody else. <laughs> Don't even bother locking it. Yeah. Oh, New York criminal, please steal this car. And then we'll walk. You know, uh, Linton... Sorry, go ahead. I wasn't going to say... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, Linton, I... Uh... I analyzed a guy who uh, was a cop, and he said they used to do in the 90s a thing very similar to what you just did, and they had to stop because it was too effective. Yeah. There's lots, of, uh, there's lots of little things that are really super effective that are technically illegal. Yeah, it's not sportsmanlike. Uh, like, see, sports life, like methods of fishing. You ever hear what jacking is? You uh, take a stick with a hook on the end of it, and you stick it in the water and wiggle it around, and the fish comes up to see what it is, and you yank the fish out of the water. Completely illegal, but very, very effective. Jesus. So, if you're ever starving to death and you want to go fishing, <laughs> who cares if it's illegal? 
It's true. All right, so we're gonna go up. This is this is another uh, apartment or a motel. Yeah, um, they reserved a handful of rooms beforehand. No need to really focus okay. on the logistic details there. Registered for Pinchant. I am Mr. Pinchant. Yeah. Okay. So we go we go up to the rooms, and uh, I guess we tap tap on the other doors to see if anybody's here. If not, we'll just get ourselves <clears throat> acquainted. Oh, and uh, I, I guess I can ta- text. Uh, by one thirty, Shirley, Grant, and Goat are back. Monocle is still at the New York Public Library. <sighs> All right. Um, well, again, I Michael Wade just walked into the precinct. He knew he was he was looking at his watch. He knew the exact time. It, again, it's the sequence of nine twenty-one a.m. It's coming up. He just can kind of predict. It's predicting things. He wow. He, I don't know if he can see what you know the future, or maybe it's just what? the magic number. Maybe he knows I, exactly what it's going to. But he walked in right under in, in a precinct. Cameras all over. Cops all over the place. So this has got to be some kind of god number or or something. I bet you he could play the stock market and clean up because he'd know well, which ones are going to win. Yeah, I mean, you could have done something like that. Why kill a family? Well, alliance that it were they going to one of the kids going to grow up to be something Horrible, Plus the whole, whole horrible things. Kill, kill Great Hitler things. before he. Uh, right. Um, I don't know. I mean, that could be some weird time travel sort of thing, but uh, it could also be that the number drives you insane. Or maybe, maybe he just realized that he had all the power in the world, and there's really no point in living anymore. But again, why kill the family? I really think there's. Well, From my encounters with the number, I think he saw something in that family that maybe. compelled him to kill him. Well, I, what you just said, brain freeze, it reminds me of a story that I read. But uh, the point was, if you know what's, if you find the key to unlock what's going to happen next, aren't you kind of locked into it that? you have to keep following the path you can't deviate we can deviate because we don't know what the hell the path is but that would be horrible like donnie darko does that movie come yeah out? like donnie darko oh, donnie or... darko was in the 90s yeah and this is yeah. 2015 so you're yeah good. yeah donnie darko or dune or well pie what, whatever it is it's a bad number, dangerous number. It's dangerous and so how did he get caught? Oh, he killed himself. Yeah, he yeah, kills himself. He That's kill the himself? thing. I mean, Greg can verify you saw the headless corpse of yeah. Michael Way. I mean, you could you could go he to could've... Las Vegas and know which yeah. machines are going to win. He could have spread it to everyone on Earth. Or he, again, I think what Lytton said, I mean, he could just 
he could stay alive and just be a billionaire. I mean, he could live like a king. Why go and kill five seemingly innocent people that's never came in contact with Way? It was it was uh, it was eight seemingly innocent eight. people in yeah. the Ridgeway family, and Way's suicide made it a total of a um, nine people died right. in the incident. Nine people died in this Yeah, he clearly knows something that we don't, and the fact that he knew it made him into a serial killer. So it's probably best that we don't think about it too much. Or a have hero. We had, have we had oh, any uh, save the future? Well, that's have we had any indication that he knew about us? Yes. Yes. I yeah. Yeah. Go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> We're looking at each other, yeah. He knew exactly. Yes. Look at each other. About. Look at the photocopied book. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. I, he's... I'm worried now that this whole thing has been plotted out way beyond his suicide. That we're just traveling down a, a track that he laid. Dominoes. Yeah, that's being... But but what if what if we don't get his motivation what if he laid this so that he would get stopped by us or at least the track would get stopped by us he could be as equally a, a villain as he is a hero he kills himself so that we come and stop what's going to happen this is crazy. There's no way we can know one way or the other, you know. But he puts it in motion. He he's putting everything in motion. Or he's trying um, to stop it. Or stop what he's uh, again, I this is way uh I I we have to kind of guess how did he go okay. How did he go from being a normal guy to being a homicidal maniac? Either the number made him go become a homicidal maniac or he wasn't a homicidal maniac and he was doing something to stop something horrible from happening. Well, I've been exposed to the number. Um, I think goat has yeah. as well. Um, but I, I don't glanced have any, at it, but I don't have any tendencies to, or uh, desires to start in the world. Anyone. I think because he understood what the number is. We don't, I mean, goat, I, myself, I, we don't understand what the number means. We, is it an equation? Is it a solution? Is it a sequence of numbers that just pulled out? You know, I don't know. So, because maybe we don't understand how the number was derived, that we're not going to be impacted by it. No. I'm hoping. <laughs> If Grant, this is all you have enough of a background with your time with science, chemistry, and you're just naturally high int score, and that if you wanted to try and sit down and decipher the laqueous puzzle, you think you could try. Well, I'm not going to, but here, yeah. Here, uh, if if this whole thing is locked down, if we're locked down and we're performing according to whatever prediction he made, 
Um, well, go along with it. Well, we can't do anything else. Yeah. So we just play our role, I guess. Yeah. I mean, the question is, do we do we uh, not go to Montana? Do we change? Well, we were told to go to Montana. If we were, we were told ages, to go to Montana, we would go to Montana. Montana. <laughs> the first time you said anything like that to me. Is there anything in Montana? Did you miss the text? Uh, I didn't mix. I'm just teasing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but yeah, we're we're following up another possible vector that Michael Way contacted. I hope. Well, I mean, there's some pretty interesting places we could be headed to after Montana. So, oh. well, I hope they're not going to expect us to stop all of the. There's got to be more agents around the world. According to Monocle, the the Tia Markle never received the email. We our our recall on it never got to her. She mm. didn't open. I mean, I'm assuming she never seen it. She never opened it. So, oh boy, or she did, and she just and knew exactly blind. what to say to us to get what us time off. Did he arrive? Hmm? I wonder what time he arrived at her house. Monocle arrived at Tia Markel's place um, around 8.30 to 8.40 a.m. today. The email was recalled a little after 1 a.m. What is the flight number that we're on? Is it? You don't know yet because you haven't gone to oh, the dead drop to night. receive the plane tickets. Well, Tia was a um, waitress, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she works as a server. Um, I think we need to go get some lunch. She hasn't <laughs> seen any of us. Monica was the one that made contact with her. Um, let's go eat lunch. And I'm hungry. So of let's course, do it. It's a long drive. Yeah. Um, Mon it's fitting you're also saying that you know Monocle hasn't been compromised because Monocle is still <laughs> rounding out the rest of his research <laughs> over at the library. Um, from what you found in employment records, Tia works at a place called the De Blanca Bistro, a high end steakhouse just on the off of the northwestern border of Central Park. Going to there, even for lunch, the place provides patrons with a beautiful view of the grounds. Um, it's nothing too generic. Um, it's a steakhouse with Italian flair, but it's not super authentic Italian food. It's definitely taking advantage of its status of fine dining to ham up the prices. Yeah. I hope you stole the crown jewels on your last outing, Linton. Expense account, boy. <laughs> well, this has been a long few days. Let's eat. We're going to text Monocle, though. Tell him where we're at. What are we doing? Um, join us for lunch. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. he's made contact with Tia, so we'll... she doesn't know us. Right around where the point where you guys have been there for 90 minutes, you've ordered, 
you probably texted Michael, maybe asked him, you know, in the conversation that, you know, he's not going to arrive in time. Maybe put in an order to go for him already. But um, you're feasting on what you ordered, maybe on the end towards rounding up when Monocle over at the NYPBL finishes up his research. So, Monocle, what you managed to uncover is that Fascius Claudan was known in Brussels as a brilliant inventor and scientist in his heyday. Locally, he was held in high esteem by nobles, and his papers were seen as far away as Milan. Early in his career, Claudan focused on astronomy, mechanics, and simple machines. He is responsible for two types of pulley designs, which enjoyed widespread use in Europe. Still, his name was clouded by his later activities. Claudan traveled to Asia and Africa and, according to some sources, was, quote-unquote, corrupted by the influence of foreign science and magic, end quote. Upon his return, Claudan was withdrawn and strange, some even called him insane. He defaulted on debts and was thrown in an almshouse more than once. He feverishly wrote a series of books on astronomy, Asian, and African influence science and alchemy. His last book, the Libri Pluris Admiratio, was published in 1550. His death remains a mystery. No official records indicate how or where he died. The last official mention of him was his incarceration in an almshouse in the summer of 1551. No other record exists for him past this point. Most scholars assume he died, as thousands did, from an outbreak of cholera, which swept through Brussels that summer. In the process of your research, you also look into a bit more about the Libre Pluris Admiratio, or the Book of Many War Book of Many Wonders. This was Claudan's last book, published in 1550, concerning cosmology and a complex math puzzle supposedly revealed to Claudan by an Arab in Constantinople. Only six original Latin copies survive to the modern age. And all but one of these were lost throughout World War II. This last surviving copy, thought to be the original, resides in the private library of L'Université Libre de Bruxelles. I'm butchering that French, but it translates to the Free University of Brussels in Belgium. The photocopy that Wei had you can know in your research that was an English translation published in 1944 by the Educational Studies Books and translated by Maurice Esther. You would also note throughout your research that there is actually a copy of this 1944 English translation right here at the New York Public Library. Hmm. That's the only 
records you come across of a copy of anything even related to Libre Pluris Admiratio being in New York, given the five hours you invested to research it. Because for the most part, you've concluded that though several small publishing houses have created copies of the book, and a few cryptography books cite the puzzle in it, for the most part, it remains an obscure footnote in scientific history. Yeah. How big is this copy in the library? Is it like a big tome? So looking into it in your process of the research, you got the Dewey Decimal number to be able to hunt it down. It is under class 000 for computer science information and general works, specifically the subsection 090, manuscripts and rare books. Um, it's probably about 200 or so pages. Most of it is dedicated to this complicated math cipher, though there are some essays and digressions on cosmology within. One thing you would look on and the, your conversation with Grant, you would be able to quickly piece together that this is like a genuine bound version of like the photocopy that Wei had. Like Wei had a photocopied version of this, and this is the bound physical true blue version. Yeah, perfect. Um, so how's security at this library? Is there like a little chip in the book that'll set off an alarm? Uh, with your experience with libraries, they don't tend to um, put chips in books. Let me bring up your character sheet for a second to see. Depending have... on if your criminology and stealth scores are high enough, I might be no able way. to just just a default. Uh, yeah. I mean, you couldn't assume that. I mean, there there's not a chip here, but you have no idea. I mean, there's obviously cameras, right? It's a matter of how confident you feel about the slipping away with the book. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm definitely leaving with it. Um, just uh, yeah, try to try to act casual. If someone notices, I'm running down the street. Okay, Ruby. Um, I want you. So, because it's a pretty inconspicuous thing, mm -hmm. I'm going to give a plus twenty percent bonus to your stealth roll. Which, if it's at base, that means it's a thirty. All right, here we go. Well, uh, well, let's see what yep. happens. Fifty-one. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, um, roll luck. All right. Ah, uh, forty-four. Critical success. <laughs> okay. So there is this moment of paranoia where you stuff it into your jacket and you're leaving, and right when you're leaving the doors. You're looking back and you're looking into one of the circular lenses of the various cameras throughout the vast New York public library system. But you, you slip out the front doors and you're back onto the streets and you've got the book. Oh, yeah, that's not normally the type of thing I do. And also, uh, you know, I do have my problems with destroying a piece of history, but the job comes first. So <laughs> reconvene. I'm probably going to have to burn this thing. All right. 
you reconvene and presumably share the information you've had. Yeah, so he's an inventor, uh, 1500s, went, traveled through Asia and Africa, went insane, stopped caring about paying his bills, vanished. Here's the book. Awesome. It hasn't been scanned and put on computers, so. Uh, As far as I know, there hasn't been too much attention towards it. Um, Yeah, this is one of the few left. Um, back to our restaurant. Was Tia there? Was she a waitress? So I'll do some rewinding there. In the in your time there, you were able to verify by small chatting with the waitresses and other servers there that Tia does work there. But on average, her shifts start in the evening. Oh, so that was her place of work, but. She wasn't on shift yet for early lunch. Okay. I don't know. Any? Do we want to come back? Was this good enough for to come back for? You know, a late dinner. If anything, we can. Oh wait, our our plane tickets are for tomorrow, right? A little after We're two p.m. Our... tomorrow. Um. Yeah. The exact details beyond that are unknown until you've done the dead drop. Yeah. I figured we we're not going to stay in our hotel. I mean, I don't know how far Knorr is on tracing us. Um, but I just kind of think we should check out the hotel and make a night of it. Any opposition to burning the book? No, we should burn the book. They yeah, said yeah. burn the book for anything. The only opposition is where do we burn the book? Um, yeah. Well, it's in our hands at least. And, uh, so didn't stop you hotel. guys from burning a SIM card in a hotel room. For yeah, but a book, two books are will make much more of a book. smoke. And... Book in a trash can. Yeah. New York City is filled with so many Warren-like alleyways. I really don't see the need to hash out the exact details of how you yeah. burned the book. The point I'll just is, hand it over to Litton. Uh... So, yeah, <laughs> you know it, it, it hurts to to destroy something so precious. So I just won't look. Send Litton it's... down to the streets. There's eventually it's... a a burning barrel. You'll be able to some homeless guys. Book. You could. Hey guys. This will keep burning a while longer. Here's the thing. Burning books is not that easy because you got to get air into them or you end up with all of the edges. Yeah, so I think I'd have to... What is it, a vellum? This Uh, does have the nasty disadvantage in that it's like a laminated photocopied packet. So even once it's burning, it probably smells horrible. Well, what I'll do then, I'll find a stick, and I'll I'll prop it up inside of a barrel, so that it's it's like this. The stick will hold the pages open, and get it going. And I imagine once it gets going, and the air gets flowing, that it'll go up pretty quick, and especially because the plastic. Okay. Yeah. The book is burned. 
you retreat to your hotel rooms, you get a good night's of sleep. Um, throughout, while we go through the evening of that Tuesday, those of you that are attentive towards the evening news would note that um, mentioned as a passing topic on the news is a deadly house fire in Modesto, California. The bodies of the Sward family were found in the charred ruins of their home, which burned down earlier this afternoon. Examination noticed they had each been shot by a small caliber weapon estimated to be about 22 caliber. Julius, Annetta, Anthony, and Evelyn Sward all perished in the attack, and the reporters give their condolences to the family and community of Modesto. It, that's one of the names on the list. Julius. Uh, are we intent? Uh, are we supposed to go to Montana and kill? That 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 was in Modesto, California. And your standing orders are regarding Montana. I don't know. Let's see how we get some other some other information telling us to do something else. Montana is it? Was our drop? That night. Yes, actually, um, yeah. So you'd see that um, in the evening, and then the dead drop would be about um, a little after midnight. So in that point, um, whichever one of you will just say it was Agent Grant that you sent to the Philadelphia drop site. Um, it's a dingy and quiet alleyway, and at exactly midnight. A man in a trench coat with a black fedora enters the alleyway, exchanging no words, only bumping into Grant and slipping him a small envelope shortly thereafter, disappearing into the night. Looking inside Grant, there is a listed address in Brinkman, Montana, scrawled on a note, and five plane tickets. Delta Airlines Flight 98, departing. From JFK International Airport at 2.33 p.m. Um, on Wednesday, October 14th. Expected to arrive in Helena around 9 p.m. Mountain Time. Two, p- two hours behind Eastern. The airlines. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. I No ID, so... Are we flying under our credentials or you do have the dossiers all of you were given um by watchdog like all the way back at the start of the operation? And that lines up with these plane tickets. All right. I wasn't afraid of flying until I knew that this psycho could predict the future. What's the number of the flight? It's Delta Airlines flight 89. Okay, so it's not nine nine two zero. You say that, but well, eighty nine is part of in it. the number. Is what but time is saying, it leaving? I'm not, I'm not telling anyone who doesn't know. So Goat what knows. time? What time does it fly out? Two thirty three p.m. Oh shit! Part of the number. 
I'm convinced to go. Uh, I'm convinced that no matter what we do, it's already out. You know, the road is already determined. So, yeah, probably. Whether or not we take this flight or a different flight, it won't matter. Or go home. Well, I don't think it'll matter. Agent Grant. You say that you have at least partly been affected by the number. How have you told us that? Yeah, I, that that I, has been revealed throughout okay. these last couple. Maybe so. we could use that to our advantage. Do you have any inkling of what we should do? This, uh, I, I don't know if I want to tap into really yeah. about the number. <laughs> again yeah but here's the question is if you tap into the number do you get the same information that way got and do we use that to our advantage to counteract what way wants to but one of the theories that you espoused was that it drove him crazy and he ends up killing himself and I don't want to take one for the that. team <laughs> or like take out uh, uh innocent family or I, I well we would stop you before you did that um sure <laughs> I'm afraid that I'm afraid going down that path um again knowing too much is not a good thing <laughs> Yeah, because there's like no way to cure it at the end. I guess yeah, this is the cure. That's the cure. Also, if Grant goes rogue and has future prediction powers, he could kill all of us without us being able to resist. I him. suppose that's true. And then he could go off and you know. Yeah, the way the way Way walked into that precinct, knowing exactly the time to go in, predicting, knowing that there's going to be a pipe that burst, and a random box of, of shotguns are going to be pulled out of there and moved into the hallway. And the person who happens to be watching it is going to be going someplace else. And a dog is hit in the road. I mean, who the variables that would is just mind boggling. I mean, to know that. Well, I guess we go to Montana. So in the time that's passed between now and then, uh, Monocle, in your time in the research, one thing that you didn't really have time to do just because it's a bit of a rabbit hole is to try and hunt down just how many copies of this Libre Pluris Admiratio and etc. Um, exist across the world. And because you guys have this whole evening where we're essentially just waiting for time to pass, I don't see any reason to not just because time is the primary factor involved with that information to not just give it to you because I feel like you're going to look down into that line of investigation while you're waiting to uh, get ready for your flight to Montana. And that concludes that. So involving this formula in the book of many wonders there are several small publishing houses out there that have created copies of the book and a few cryptography books cite the puzzle. 
But overall, there's probably less than 100 copies in the United States and fewer than 400 copies of the book in its various languages and forms existing worldwide. Most are not, in fact, full translations, but short portions of Claudin's notes reproduced in cryptography textbooks. And that Educational Studies Books Group that was responsible for publishing that English translation in 44, long since defunct, only published a few hundred copies of that translation before ceasing publication. Um, and all involved in that translation production are long since retired or dead from natural causes. The book was clearly not popular and is not well known either to mathematicians or book dealers. Well, I'll uh, I'll prepare a report for the handler um, as, you know, just minimal details of uh, roughly how many um, exist and locations for, uh, you know, for me to handle or somebody else, hopefully. But, but can but, we uh, safely say that the book, the book has existed for what, 400 years or so? It, it was published in 1550. 50. So that would be 465 yeah. years. So 465 years. And cryptographers and mathematicians have been looking at it and trying to decipher the equation and failed for 450 years. And it's only now that one student managed to stumble on the, the, the answer. Um, I think that the danger is minimal that anyone else will figure it out. All of you that, can give me intelligence roles. Except that he figured it out and told other people. Well, I mean, too. he was also I working could. from a, a um, full copy, too. I mean, right. The other ones are partials yeah. or any mistakes in the copy itself. Well, from, from my research, uh, I think yes. the popularity is the key thing here, where the guy was disgraced by the end of his life and his work wasn't held in regard. But um, if people if like it had mainstream, well, that's the thing is um, if it caught on, you know, like we've, we've seen, uh, you know, with the internet recently, how things go viral, like uh, all it takes is one person to popularize it for everybody to know. All, all people talk about is the Voynich manuscript, which, you know, everybody talks about it. Nobody's been able to decipher that either. And uh, I think Delta Green's not telling us something yeah, because they sure. were, they were keyed into this pretty quickly. They've run into this group. before, is my guess. So, yeah. This is probably In not addition cool. to the inferences um, you have been presenting about it simply being a cognito hazard, this successful intelligence roles, one thing that immediately comes to mind is that, well, mathematics throughout human understanding has advanced a lot throughout 100, the last 100 years. It's entirely possible that what Claudan uncovered with the lacquer's puzzle was simply not able to be properly interpreted and contextualized until the modern scientific understanding of mathematics caught up to it. Yeah. Yeah, just imagine a, a YouTube tutorial breakdown, then anyone could understand it. Yeah, odd though that he came up with the thing 
450 years ago. Well, I mean, Grant said Delta Green's onto it. How many times have we covered it up? This could be a leak right. that we could right. plug for good. Yeah, yeah, this could just be one of a, a bunch of yeah. things. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to prepare my report, send it upward, you know, uh, let them decide. What time you does send that flight out? leave? Uh, it leaves... Um, uh, two thirty-three p.m. So even by you, you, you guys have plenty of time to get a full night's sleep, do your stuff in the morning. Don't have to rush at the airport. Get on the flight. One key thing is for this flight that um one that obviously you're not going to be able to bring anything that wouldn't pass by the TSA onto it. Now, because of the IDs that Watchdog gave you, along with the handguns, you'd be able to bring those specific handguns on the flight. But every other like firearm is out the window. There is also another particularly concerning piece of information that comes to light on the morning of Wednesday, October 14th, and is that um on that morning you guys on the news see stories about there being apparently a federal agent and an IT assistant in alliance that um illegally tampered with evidence and brain freeze not only is your picture circulating on the news but it's your real name uh, you've been made. Lytton, you're, there are some pictures that you can see from that that's clearly like security footage versions of like pictures of you, but you haven't had your real ID made. Uh, Brain Freeze, you can immediately tell in the aftermath of once all is over, your previous life is over. Make a Sandy roll from helplessness, Brain Freeze. The question is, can I get on the flight? Yes, uh, just just for the game pacing, just so yeah. I don't exclude you from the finale, uh, we'll okay. say yes. Uh, fail. 1d4 helplessness. Fortunately, in the U.S., we don't have universal facial recognition software. And you've got, the, you've got this handy, uh, convincing-looking passport that says you're a federal agent that needs to get on this flight with your sidearm. So uh, don't pay attention to that news screen in the background. Um, I got an idea. If there's anything that we actually want, we can book our motel room from here on the phone, and then we could FedEx anything that we want overnight to that address, pick it up there. We could, I mean, you're not allowed, you're not supposed to do firearms, but if you put a firearm in there, nobody's going to know that it's a firearm. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm fine with the sidearm. I don't really have anything else. I'm just saying, if you needed that, we could yeah. find a way. I don't to know. Do it's it a good idea. Um, I don't really have anything else. So, for the sake of brevity, because we're not thinking of anything else, we're going to speed ahead to you guys. Essentially, um, leaving the airport, getting a rental car, securing transportation to go to Brinkwood, Montana, an hour north of Helena. I need to take a quick bio break, but we come back. Um, we will wrap up this final encounter. We've got 30 minutes or less left in the scenario, and we will oh. we'll end it. Okay, I'll take a bio break too then. 
you guys get on Delta Airlines Flight 98, uh, departing from JFK International Airport at 2.33 p.m. on Wednesday, October 14th. It's a long but uneventful flight overall. The five of you are separated and scattered throughout the plane. You know, you weren't all just put into a cluster right by each other. Don't mind the FBI agents in the corner. Um, Eventually, you land at the Helena Regional Airport around 9 p.m. Mountain Time with a little bit of jet lag because this is a time zone two hours behind what you were in. Um, And then once you arrive, it takes you the better part of an hour to check out, get your bags, get that rental car that was booked in advance. Helena is the capital of Montana and the seat of Lewis and Clark County. Only a population of 30,000. But you hop in that car, head north from Helena. Montana's landscape is open and beautiful. Um, And there's a lot less light pollution out here compared to the east. So the sky looks dazzling here at night. Brinkman is an unincorporated community near the northern edge of the county, a quiet place with a population of less than 300. The address provided to you in the envelope by Watchdog leads to a small one-story house on an isolated property at the edge of town. We'll say you park your car behind a hill or something in the driveway um bring your necessary firearms with you as you creep out of the car approaching the house through the grasses and as you look at the house you note that front door is slightly ajar the lights are on inside Fenton, can you get in close Without um, being sh- oh yeah, I can. I will. Uh, I, I have a funny feeling that as I as I slowly move forward, uh, I'm going to make sure I can see where I'm putting my feet. I don't want no bear traps in the grass or anything it's like that. A very op- um, open spot out in the Montana plains. What, what time is it? What time? Is it? It's like. By this point, you mentioned the stars. Eleven thirty at night okay. Central Time. With the jet lag, you guys are factoring from Eastern. Your bodies are thinking it's like two a.m. So you're tired. You're you're not in the like exhaustion penalty zone, but it's late at night. Okay, so um, yeah, I approach quietly, uh, trying to not make any noise. Uh, but I will go up, um, over the little. Uh, cow fence and uh through the yard up towards the window um, so that i can peek in through the window you can probably see me only because i'm in black against what probably is a white clabbered house Um, but looking out of the house they just see black so going up you slowly creep up you don't see any bear traps or hidden IEDs or suspicious right. lumps in the lawn. 
and you get up to the window of this simple one-story ranch-style house. And you look inside. You see a young woman, probably somewhere in her late 20s, in the living room, feverishly typing away at her computer. The walls inside the living room are totally covered in, like, pictures, like a conspiracy board or something. It's a little hard to get a better view from outside this window, but it looks like she's occasionally entering numbers into, like, a pad or a calculator. Okay. At some point... But, but I think there's only one what person there. Is, yeah, what is the most concerning thing is that while she's doing all this math at the computer with the pad nearby and all this shit on the walls, there is a new polished and clearly loaded shotgun sitting beside her okay. at the desk. So because she doesn't got, notice you. Because I've got the white clapboard behind me. And the other agents are probably looking at me from out of the darkness. Um, if I can give them signs, the one person, female, um, shotgun. One um, person, female, armed. Yeah, I armed. feel like that's the most you'd be able to convey via hand signals. Okay, I can't do one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's enough for us to... You know, we're kind of ready, at least a few of us who are, I don't know about brain freeze, <laughs> those who got some combat. Um, I'll motion for that. I need to back you. Forward. Yeah. Back you up. You, oh. you guys creep up. You know, you get to the window. You even can get to the front door. I mean, my question is just simply what your plan is to go about this. Take her down. Okay. I mean, if we're just going to go with take her down, I think what we'll do from here is just um, go into Dick's order. Right? I mean, I, I don't really see any... Unless, Lytton, you think you could get in there without being noticed and kill her quietly. Um, well, um, I can't. Have all the fun. I, I can try to go around and get in this is one story or two story? One story. Okay. One story. Okay. Uh, I can try to go to another window on the back side of the house where she wouldn't hear or see me. But every every step I take is going to she, there's going to be a chance that she'll hear the squeak or the movement or in a quick scope of the house there is a back door but it is locked and you're going to have to roll a lockpick check to see if you'd be able to well, the plan is to go in and kill her try that strat I think we're following the lead of uh, she, um, she's you do have the conspiracy board of pictures and twine completely covering her living room yeah and we're burning the place so and she does seem like she is quite distracted um I will run our role criminology to see if I can gain access. I'm thinking, though, that it might be a good idea is that if I gain access, you guys go to the front door. And then when she 
tries to defend herself towards you, I'll be right behind her. Right. I was going to shoot her through the, you know, if the door is cracked enough that you can see all this, I was just going to take an aim shot. Yeah, and you've got a window that you guys are not far away from while you're having this conversation. Just, let's let's let let him get into position. Let me talk to her if she reaches for the gun killer, but let's see if she's compromised. Um that's oh, pretty compromised to me. 22. My, I think we got a okay. good sense that she's got <laughs> amazing Litton because you circle around the back of the, the home. There is a back door. You get a bobby pin, literally, you just stick it in. You're it. It's unlocked. <laughs> bobby pin. That's I've got yeah, I've he's got, got a professional. I've yeah, professional I know that's me hamming it up a little <laughs> bit too, but you got a critical success. I hit it so. with a hammer in it. <laughs> All right. So you I pick open the lock. And I uh I very you... quietly open it, hoping there's no squeak. If there's Oh, squeak... there is a horribly loud squeak, and it makes your heart drop to the pit of your stomach as your eyes turn to the far end of the trailer where she is typing away at that computer and pays you absolutely no mind. She either knows I'm coming or she doesn't care. <laughs> I your move. Yeah, I'm ready to. I'm like I said. I, if I can get an angle on her, I'm gonna. If you want to get an angle and just aim and then just shoot, you can roll, Agent Grant. If you want to do that. Uh, aiming gives you a plus 20% bonus. The only handguns, or the only firearms you guys have on you, because you didn't try to buy any once you here, are those medium pistols. Yeah, like a lock or something. Yep. Uh, that's an 11. <laughs> Critical oh. success. Wow. All right, roll 1d10 and double it. Six twelve. Okay. <laughs> so what happens is that Litton has that moment of fear where he's looking in and is staring at her. She's typing away and he is wondering whether she's oblivious to him or if he's noticed him or doesn't care. <laughs> you just stick a handgun through the window. Bam! <laughs> And her brains get sprayed everywhere as she falls limp. Uh, Agent Grant, I want you to roll, roll sand for killing somebody. I think I moved uh, into the room and as quickly. The rest of you, no one here is hardened against violence, so um, I think everyone needs to roll sand. It's just that Grant's oh, getting yeah, the worst of it. That bothered me. So, yeah, well, I failed. So. I failed. Uh, so, um, Brit fail. I want to ask you, Grant, how you are viewing the idea of innocence regarding Castleman here. Without me elaborating it on any more, do you think that she was innocent or murderous? I don't. I think she's an innocent victim of this 
this horrible um code that was sent out this this all right this so disease. we're going to codify this as killing an innocent in cold blood even for a very good reason so you grant are going to lose 1d10 de- uh sanity from violence Oof. which is nasty but um the rest of you um yeah. if you pass because you're not the ones that committed it you can compartmentalize it into being nothing zero if you fail it's a d6 brain freeze you crit failed that's just six would you like to project that or we want to flip out i'll just flip out (laughs) okay what i'm gonna say is is that you see this woman get brained and you can't handle it. You are flipping out. You flee into the night. You are screaming like, God damn it, we blew it all up. We've killed all these people. And you're just like just running away into the Montana Hills. Uh-oh. Surely they'll be able to track you down. I'm just gonna tell Monica or Linton, Linton, go get him. And oh well, I was gonna say the second you fired the gun, I moved into the living room. Yeah, especially people that who pass the sand roll, uh, you lost nothing. You're on. I mean, I don't know if unfazed is the right wording for it, but it's enough that you can compartmentalize it enough to move in and start focusing on business. Tell Linton you need to back out. I mean, you haven't been exposed to the number. Uh, Goat and I can. We'll burn this place down. Yeah. Okay. Did you see which way uh, brain freeze went? I don't know. He. Uh, probably away. Yeah. Monocle probably caught. I guess. Yeah, so, I'll go he, get him. Yeah, he like, uh, like a girl. <laughs> I was just like, all right, guys, maybe she's innocent. I can deal with it. And then you fire. Just, uh, I passed the sanity roll. <laughs> I'll go get brain freeze. Yeah, I'll I'll back out then if you told me to back out. Okay, so Monocle goes out to look for brain freeze. Litton is standing outside, maybe helping in that effort. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll go after and, Brain Freeze, too. Grant and maybe Goat are going in to look around. We're just yeah. going to make sure no one else is in there, and then if there's a gas stove, stuff like that. Yeah. So, going in, you can see that the photos that are plastered all across the walls of the living room are all yearbook pictures of teenage students um the two of you grant you have that stupid high forensics so you'd be able to note from the get-go that of all of the photos on the walls there are 12 students that have their names circled in red ink Uh, going up to the desk the calculator had its memory just cleared that shotgun a remington 870 the exact same kind of gun that Michael Way used is just sitting there, clearly recently purchased and pretty much never fired before. I'm not looking at the serial numbers. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, the computer still running unlocked has an Excel spreadsheet open. There are 12 numbers on the spreadsheet. All of them have nine digits. They start with a nine and end in a three. 
I just want to know if she's all twelve of them. Any emails? How? Looking on there, uh, no, there is no evidence of distribution other than that email that Way sent. Um, it didn't get recalled correctly because it looks like Kelly opened it based on the timestamp on Monday morning. I'll delete that and delete the spreadsheet. I don't need to know much more. And I'm hoping Goat, if he, you know, prep this place for <laughs> burning it down. Why? <laughs> All right. But the last thing I'll really request in this process is for someone amongst all of you, roll either criminology or forensics to represent the disposal of the body. Oh, I have 70 in forensic. I, I think that's the best that anyone has. Apparently, I know how to get rid of a body. Oh, so we can talk. I was going to let her the, burn. The fire itself, yeah, is yeah. a good way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you just want to set the fire, let that take yeah, its turn. Not touch the body, let, let her sit here and make it. it look like an accident. Could fire one of the shotgun blasts into her. Like she committed suicide. And set her house on fire? I'd say make it look like an accident. Yeah, and pull there, all is that a stuff. there is a I'm gas there, stove. Pull all that stuff off the. <laughs> It'll burn. Oh, if there's a gas stove, I'm. It's it's that's gonna go. That's what's gonna blow. But will that burn everything? A big fireball just... in a ranch house. <laughs> there is no one. And not only is this a ranch house, but like looking around, this is one of those obscure Montana houses where like. There is nothing you can see on the horizon whatsoever. Like it's out here. It'll burn. And make sure all the stuff on the garage with the car in it. Is the garage yeah. attached? Yeah. Yeah, it's an yeah. attached garage. There's a car in there, a few gas cans. Yeah. We we kick some gas cans over, rig the gas stove. We'll be gone by the time, you know. It blows, and we're just out of here. In in the hills, eventually, you track down a mentally unstable brain freeze in the fetal position, rolling around in the mud, rambling about how his life is over and how he's going to have to restart because his identity has been made. But you you fish him out. You set fire to the house. I know a good plastic surgeon. And you guys disappear into the night. All I'm just saying, Dale, she was compromised. She the she opened the the email. She was making a list of individuals. Um, In the aftermath of examining said individuals, it has eventually come to light that the individuals on that list were all students that went to her, the high school that she taught at because she was a high school teacher. And that apparently those uh, numbers, all 12 of them were the social security numbers of said students, all of said students having social security numbers that started with nines and ended in threes. Lytton and brain freeze managed to slip into the 
obscure woodwork of society in the aftermath of the case. Though Kenor still has his sights set on them, uh, the aftermath, it's quite a big explosion regarding there to be this, this guy, this agent brain freeze that was an FBI agent on the case that along with an accomplice by the name of Scott Peters destroyed a bunch of evidence apparently in the name of national security but beyond that the story gets uh a bit buried as uh said people were were never found as even once brain freezes identity was made no more evidence of him could be found within society as now brain freeze has to live a life on the lamb no similar to Lytton. moved to costa rica change his hat <laughs> Enrico Save and the other reporters end up focusing a lot more on this whole fake agent and his accomplice angle, along with an apparent incident where, though it could never be proven, a jer- a accomplice with this brain freeze fellow assaulted a journalist and destroyed their camera, but nothing ended up being conclusively proven. The this ends up and taking away the spotlight away from the actual results of the Way Ridgeway case, which is unceremoniously closed by Kenor. Way was clearly radicalized and spreading dangerous information, but there is no evidence of it being a larger terror conspiracy, just a vicious lone wolf. Gant's career is totally ruined as he is charged for criminal negligence, fined $10,000, and blacklisted from the FBI and any other government jobs for that matter. However, a few years later, around late 2019 or so, in his now downtrodden apartment, Gant receives a manila envelope with a green delta drawn on the front. Our last scene here before we cut is a slow camera pan on the Free University of Brussels in Belgium into their private library. We're sitting alone and forgotten on the shelf is the last surviving Latin copy of the Libre Flores and Maraccio. And that's the end of our scenario. Oh. All right. Spill the beans. <laughs> so the gist here is that the numbers that weigh sprayed in the crime scene are the solution to the laqueous equation the laqueous equation produced by fascist Claudin back in the 16th century essentially if a mathematician solves it they understand the context that the solution to the laqueous equation is like all of reality distilled into a 16 digit sequence and with that sequence there is power 
Um, you can even someone that doesn't understand mathematics just by failing seeing a sequence and by failing a luck roll can become like partially exposed and start understanding the 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 connections throughout causality because someone that understands mathematics and can contextualize what the answer means understands that those number patterns revealed by the Laqueus equation are like an extra dimensional trap like a pinhole in reality and if you've got the mathematical chops to understand what that means what that chain of numbers and the relationships they represent it inevitably um drives you into a cycle of violence where you commit horrible things massacring massacring people but in the process as well um just also spreading the number in some way shape or form that guy in modesto california that um i mentioned it's eventually later on revealed that he shot all of the members of his family and then burned the house down he shot them all with a 22 caliber handgun um with um the the stuff going down in germany it that lawrence bedette guy there's guidance that is given to demonstrate that a few days after the equation is released there's a story that's starts um circulating where like he threatens suicide at the top of the tower and held security forces at bay and unfurling what looks like a bed sheet with numbers written on it in shoe polish but curiously videos of this incident are not circulating in the united states well cool. it, it, it drives you to violence that spreads the number and it's a cognito hazard that by understanding what the numbers truly mean means that you are inevitably going to be driven to violence that causes more people to die that causes the number to spread because if you are exposed and like someone with mathematics understands the number every day they have to make a sanity roll that if they pass they lose one they fail they lose one d6 you can keep projecting all you want but that is something that is inflicted on you every day and the number doesn't even need to reduce you to zero to gain control over you it only needs to reduce you to your breaking point uh, and once you do the number starts talking to you oh. and like giving you instructions on what to do awesome you guys did a very good job in that you guys both prevented dr comox from being exposed and Tio Markel from being exposed. Your genuine actions prevented that from being happening because you recalled the email so early. The only people that actually comprehended it were Dr. Julio Kimbrell, the moderator, Lawrence uh, Bedeck in Germany, Kelly Castleman, who you killed, and Julio Kimbrell, who set his house on fire. So was there anything to all of the conspiracy stuff that kelly had all over her walls so essentially what kelly had over her walls is that so michael way the people he killed the ridgeway families all of their social security numbers consisted of the number within its combinations 
Um, all the the twelve students that Castleman would have killed if five days after Way's massacre, like she's not <laughs> dealt with, all of those students have social security numbers that start with nine and end in two. Wow. So she's like continuing the cycle, you know, going and having another massacre based on social security numbers that you guys got to tangibly prevent, and whether it was actually something important or whether it was just her brain it, it's just like the, the human brain is designed from the ground up to, to look patterns. for patterns yeah. you know with, with you've got the 16 digit sequence and these five numbers that fit into it and that the, the gist of the scenario is that those numbers are like like you know 42 being in the hitchhiker's guide being right. the answer to all reality these 16 digits of numbers are reality reduced to a 16 digit sequence it's the truth to everything if you look for it long enough one can harness that power and unlock things cool it's uh it's very interesting and i really like how the scenario yeah, turns out really um, cool brain freeze's life is ruined he has to now be a criminal like you Litton. but outside of that uh, you guys got away. You neutralized the vectors. You tangibly saved the lives of Comox and Markel without getting the program involved. <laughs> I'll talk about that a bit more after the recording. Uh, our players included Max Meltzer, Kaylin McDowell, Thomas Grooms, Julian Arba, and myself, with Sham Sabin as the handler. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members. You can set up private games and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Spotify, Podbean, or iTunes. Support for the show is provided by our patrons who are listed in the closing credits. If you would like to join them, please visit our Patreon page listed in the description. Or you can use the Super Thanks button uh, just below the screen. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel, and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Delta Green role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming. Bye.